Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, this is the bad boy, Joey Janelle, and you're listening to the Going In Raw podcast, because Joey Janelle always goes in. This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Going In Raw. Hey everyone, Kenny Omega here. In case you didn't know, we have an awesome kick butt show called Stephen Larson's Going In Raw, and they're going to be supporting AEW every week amongst many other things. Goodbye and smooch. Good night. Bye-bang. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back. Going in raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here, youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson, and available wherever podcasts can be found. Yeah. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, a little notify bell next to it, to make sure you always get your new going in raw notifications. Uh, we're also on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. We've had uh, a bunch of great bonus content there uh, this week. Uh, yesterday we put oh today you get more GTA five I got oh, fun I gotta put that together real quick um, oh yeah yesterday was a, a ladder match which saw the in ring debut of Robo Mall Cop yeah man this was good this was really good uh, a lot of the going in raw players mm-hmm. were involved Robo Mall Cop of course uh, Cal Jack's in there Cal Jack is in there uh, yeah CM Punk is in there but it's like sort of portly CM Punk I think yeah yeah he's wearing like yeah. a hoodie and he looks kind of chunky yeah a little bit so fat CM Punk um, CM Chunk CM Chunk there you go uh, so yeah there you go good stuff uh, I wanted to give a shout out I don't because yesterday was like a Wednesday it was a non-streaming day yeah and so uh, yeah we did we got it we got one more patron since then Trey Thomas thank you Trey so uh, thank you for your support and we also have a new channel member uh, let's see if I can find we that do name. Elliot White Elliot welcome. White welcome to stuff also as a channel member you get access to that bonus content as well that's right uh, good stuff anyways let's talk about AEW. Yeah, let us. That's what we're here to do. Let's do this real quick. Uh, showdown at the Deville. I keep yeah. on. I gotta keep on remembering. Yeah, yeah. showdown at the Deville. Uh, Cal Jacks uh, got himself a show this Saturday, Vacaville, California. That's right, in between San Francisco and Sacramento. I think it might be close to equidistant between the two large metropolises. Um, Seven p.m. It's bell time. Um, Deville Theater, Vacaville, California, this Saturday, the fourteenth. Wait, is that the right day? 15th. 14th. 14th? 14th. Oh, yeah. that's right. Today's Thursday. TLC is 15th. Days are all mixed up. Yeah. 14th is Saturday. It's upcoming Saturday. Um, we're going to try to go. 
you know, plug in the Christmas tree. You want to do that while I finish uh, talking about Cal's show? Uh, the card's great. Uh, Cal's taking on El Chupacabra. Um, you got uh, Reno Scum. Kratos is on the card. Oh, cool. Yeah, Kratos is great. Reno Scum, they've been on Impact before. Yep. Uh, J.R. Kratos, he was on the last edition of uh, Josh Burnett's Bloodsport. Oh, yeah. Um, he's been uh, wrestling in the NorCal area he's for a terrific. long time. Yeah. The card looks really awesome. Um, so if you're in the area, I mean, anywhere between Sacramento and San Francisco, uh, by all means, consider it. Tickets are available on Eventbrite right now. Yeah. Just go to Eventbrite. DeVille. Yeah, type in Showdown DeVille and you're good. Yep. Um, so there's that. And then I just want to mention this really quick. Last night, uh, finally, I packed the last of uh, the Friendo Club shirts mm-hmm. and then whatever else was there, there on Friendo Market that people had ordered. Um, so those will be uh, in your mailboxes uh, if you're in the United States, hopefully early next week. Uh, if you're overseas, God knows. We had one friendo from India. Don't know how long it takes to get there. Not sure. Uh, the UK, usually pretty good, like maybe 10 days, maybe a week. It's actually shorter than you think it'd be. Hmm. Australia, we got a lot of friendos in Australia. Yeah. I don't know how long yeah, it takes it to get takes there. There's so a lot of water. I to think it gets there and then they put it in a kangaroo pouch and it goes bouncing oh, to wherever gosh. it goes. Hey, piss off, ghost. Is that, is, that a, is that offensive to say that? Is that culturally insensitive? No. <laughs> Are they strapping on a boomerang? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> That's fairly harmless. Or they I give it to the crocodile Dundee. I don't know. Anyways, Paul Hogan, he's a nas- he was a national treasure. He is a national treasure there, over there. Is he still alive? I think he might have died. I thought so, too. You know, he married the lead actress. I know. I know. What did you think of uh, AEW last it night? It was a fun show. Yeah. Yes, oh, we do have a couple leftover shirts, by the way. We've got a couple sizes in each one. I might put them back up for sale uh, because I know not everybody got what oh, they I wanted. Think Paul Hogan. Oh, he's still alive. Nice. Good for him. Why did, I thought that, why did I think he passed away? Yeah, I thought the same thing too. Mandela effect. That's been happening to us lately. People who think we're alive are dead. Uh, so anyway, the trippiest one was Masked Undertaker. Yeah. That was super trippy. We had the who was wearing the mask backwards. Yeah. Uh, so anyways. Well, they think, put the mask on the real Undertaker so you forget what real Undertaker looks like. So you think that fake Undertaker is real Undertaker? I guess. That's ridiculous. No, there was never. The mask was never involved with, with the Undertaker or with fake Undertaker. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm weird. saying. They, they, they put the mask on real Undertaker to, so you'd forget what real Undertaker looks like. Mm-hmm, yeah. Could be. It's ridiculous. Because uh, Brian, primetime Brian Lee always had the hair in his face. Yeah, it really, it was hard to make out. Yeah, you know, features per se. Anyways, yeah, the uh, AEW was fun last night. That main event, wow. Yeah, that was fun. Was it just me, or was the what, did they turn the crowd noise down? I kept on looking at the crowd, and they were like, it, it, did, it was well, like they were just soaking it in as opposed to reacting. Well, like, to I thought during the actual match they were really into it, but when the finish happened, it seemed kind of ho hum. Yeah, because I was paying attention to the crowd too, because some of the stuff is ridiculous. Apparently, apparently Nick Jackson was wrestling. He had the flu yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And did all that, which is insane. Gutsy performance. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I was paying attention to the crowd. When, when crazy stuff was happening, they were into it. They were they were reacting. They were reacting, but not like the level that you'd think they would. I'm not I, trying to crap. I'm, like, I'm not trying to start this I do off think, I do think AEW. I just thought it was odd. AEW does kind of, uh, like the crowd volume seems low. Yeah, they still have a long way to go to get there. Like during the MJF inset promo uh, early on. Yeah, they they took them a little bit to get the, his couldn't, levels couldn't up. couldn't hear a word of really what he said. So that's kind of silly. Um, um, but that match was awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, there was some fun stuff. MJF promo was okay. Um, yeah, I thought, that, I thought that was really good. I thought that was. I thought. I thought MJF. He really is something else, and I'm glad that after. Yeah, finally, now that we got, I mean, the 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 best thing about his turn 
is that he is a he's like featured basically in I guess the A story. The, well, I guess A would be Mox Jericho, but yeah. like you know the, the the B story, I guess. Yeah, yeah, top B story. One of the pro- most prominent stories. Um, he's featured, and we get to see these great promos of mm-hmm. his because they're mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, um, let's talk about this now. They did announce their, their next pay-per-view. It's yeah. going to be Revolution, February 29th, so about two weeks later, and I thought it might have been, because I thought they might do President's Day weekend, but they're doing it in conjunction with C2E2, which is a big entertainment convention thing in Chicago. So it's in Chicago again. It's not the Sears Center. It's downtown. Yeah. I believe it's where DePaul uh, University basketball plays their games. Uh, Unless they still play at the, ro- the at the Allstate Center. I'm not sure. The t- it's the Win. Oh, Win. I wrote it down. Windstar. Okay. Is that what it is? Waystar Wintrust Arena. Wintrust. 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 It's downtown. It's it's a newer venue. I think I I looked it up to see how what the capacity was about ten thousand. Yeah. And it's uh, I think it opened in twenty seventeen. So it's a new venue, newer Mm -hmm. venue. Yeah. Um. So, in terms of the time frame, February that worked out in terms of how they've been scheduling their shows. Um. Someone asked Conrad Thompson on Twitter. Uh, whether it be a star cast in conjunction, he said no, probably because it's already uh, put, being put on in conjunction with another convention, yeah. C2E2. Um, it's interesting they chose to do another pay-per-view in Chicago because in six months after that, it's going to be all out again. They yeah. said that's going to be in Chicago every year. Yeah. So uh, I know we were hoping for something on the West Coast. I guess we've got to hope that Double or Nothing 2 happens in Vegas again. Mm. Um, Barstow. Yeah, Barstow Del Taco, man. Yeah. That's where it's at. Yeah, man. Uh, so, see how it plays out. You know, uh, who knows? Is this something they're going to do on a regular basis consistently? Or if this is just, you know, uh, a one-time deal to see if this is going to bring in any new fans because it's already involved in a pop culture convention mm-hmm. um, remains to be seen. I mean, that seems I – mean, we've seen that because, like, Fighter Fest – Fighter Fest was, was with uh, CEO. CEO. Yeah. Um, they seem to not be adverse to, uh, you know, doing Partnering. shows – yeah, with other uh, pop culture or gaming conventions, so mm. who knows? Yeah, no, I mean it's smart if if their if their demographics research has indicated that they have you know a crossover type audience or a potential for a crossover audience, and it's a smart move. Yeah, I am bummed out that it is in Chicago again. I understand the reasoning; everything you said makes sense, uh, but just the fact that it's in Chicago, it'd be kind of nice if it was somewhere else. Um, <clears throat> but otherwise, yeah, no, I thought it was a solid. <laughs> That was solid. And of course, the legend of QT Marshall grows and grows Man. with that hilarious tumble out of the ring. Oh, the, the, the Sasuke special. <laughs> well, something, there was something special about yeah, it. Yeah, man. That was hilarious. That was great. That was hilarious. Got him over, man. It, no, it totally did. That was a very. It is the most everyman uh, uh, high flying maneuver I've ever seen. Yeah, it really was. Uh, a little bit more discord between Hangman and uh, Kenny Omega, the elite in general. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised they were tagging to begin with, given that uh, Hangman uh, quit the elite. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. And they're because, tagging again next week against Lucha Brothers. As good as they're, <laughs> as as awesome as they're doing with MJF, like, you know, I always look at those two guys and you see them as kind of two sides of the same coin. They're both young. They both have huge ceilings for what their thing is. Like MJF, that dude is obviously just going to be, for decades, he's going to be a great heel. Uh, He'll probably go back and forth, but he's always going to be at at worst a tweener. Uh, Hangman, I think, has all the the upside to being a great baby face. Uh, You know, they're both terrific, but, man, they have handled MJF almost perfectly, and (laughs) Hangman still 
it just seems a little odd some of the decisions they're making with him. Yeah, I know. Like, I think one of the most frustrating things is simply the lack of development on television. And then even when you because I watched Being the Elite at this point. I didn't see this week's, but I saw last week's and a couple weeks before that, too. Uh, you know, he comes in and he has like a, a silly gimmick thing with uh, this, the, the <laughs> private party. I was going to call it Street Profits. The private party. And I'm like, wait a second, where's the where's the GD character development here, man? Yeah. You know, a couple like a week before that, he goes into the to the elite, and he's like, hey, I think I'm gonna leave the elite. I'm out of this group. Yeah. And that was okay, cool. I can't hear what anybody's saying because it's not Mike, but whatever. I get the point. Yeah. And then the next week, he's he's messing around with the private party. And I just there's, well, I mean, that's why they don't really get, do get, the kind of being the elite stuff on the show because there's, it's all just for the gags. It's not so much. For it is no, it totally know? is. But then you're left with. I, I need to know what the hell this is going on with this guy's head because if all of I've got, if all I have, and here's the thing, you know, uh, being the elite gets a hundred, about a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand. Let's say that being generous, a hundred thousand people yeah. watch that show. Yeah, that's a tenth of your audience on TV. Mm-hmm. So ninety percent of your audience doesn't watch that. Yeah. So where's the development for Hangman Page on TV? I kind of feel like there's a lot of the the elite guys, save for Cody. Who I, I feel like they know well. We can switch, you know, turn the the switch on, and you know instantly get them in an interesting story, push the main event. But in the meantime, let's develop all these new signees. We've seen it with Kenny, where Kenny's like he has he has had some character development on the show, but he's not a he's not like a regularly. He's had I feel like he's had more matches on Dark than he has on <laughs> that's on, on com- Dynamite. That's a common sentiment on Twitter. Oh, I noticed. Uh, so it, it seemed like they're really focusing on developing. Everybody other than the, the, the elite right now. Yeah, and I get. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe this is part of a plan. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're Vince McMahon. And I wouldn't they, they book week to week. I wouldn't think that they would go into this with the idea that they're going to consciously book their own crap, like their own creative to be absolute crap. I've said this a million times. We've had this conversation before. Yes, we have. I understand that it is not an easy task. I would imagine you're in a situation where you are what people want to see, and you're in control. Mm-hmm. How do you book yourself so that it doesn't come off like you're self-indulgent, like it's a vanity project? I get that. But you've got Kenny Omega was going to be debuting on main roster in WWE. He's a big deal. Yeah. You need to make him a big deal. Yeah. Well, um, they've is. done he's, that successfully with Mox top, and Jericho. He's top star in dark, man. I, <laughs> oh, God. They've done that so successful with Mox and Jericho. They need to understand you guys are on the level of Mox and Jericho. You are. Kenny is Cody. Oh, Cody's been in great I stories. Think, I think they do, but I think the idea is that, <clears throat> excuse me, it's like Jim Cornette there for a second, <laughs> <laughs> um, that they realize that and they understand that and they maybe take that for granted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think they do. Yeah. With the elite guys. Um, and so it's a situation like, well, we can always go back to this. Young bucks are winning those titles next week. Yeah, probably. I think that or, or I, I, I don't know. I feel like XLX might go in and cost them those titles and then, because I don't feel like that storyline's done. Um, I thought she kind of surprised the Young Bucks one last this night. This ain't WWE main roster, man. I think they're going to have – this is a big deal show. Yeah, it is. It's going to have a clean finish. I think the Bucks are going to have those um, titles. what people want to see. No, I know. How many title defenses have SCU even had? None, I don't believe. Yeah. I don't think they've defended them yet. Mm. Um, anyways, yeah, they probably take the popularity of the Elite a bit for granted. And, and, and you know, I wouldn't be – by next summer – 
Kenny's going to be in the main event scene, whether it's against Jericho or probably Mox. It's entirely possible that Mox wins that title at Revolution mm. if that's when the match happens or if it's on the cruise. Um, by the summer, Kenny's going to be in the main event scene again. They're just doing the story where he had an issue leaving Japan, coming over here. Uh, it rattled his confidence. Now that he's racking up some wins, mm-hmm. um, his confidence is coming back. But, you know, you don't see him for a couple of weeks. and You see the match last night, and you're like, dang it, man. Oh, I know. So good. I know. He's I know. so good. I need I need to be convinced that AEW is a good idea for him, you know, because like I think about his work in New Japan, I'm like, man, I miss that Kenny Omega, you know. And but, I think we will see it again. I think they're just they're just biding their time, knowing that, all right, we put the belt on Jericho because he is the most well known name this company has. Well, yeah, that was yeah, that, yeah, for sure. We yeah. did we do that, and if he's going to hand it off in February, because Jericho said he knows exactly what he's doing up until February. Mm-hmm. If he gives that loses that belt to Mox in February at, at Revolution. Well, Mox is probably the second most well-known uh, name that company has. Mm-hmm. Have him carry that belt until the summer, and then you know Kenny can go and get his win back from Mox for the title at All, all Out, out three, 3 or something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah, at that point, it would be all something else. Yeah, All Outer. <clears throat> all Outer. Because, you know, Pac last night said, I want my rubber match against Kenny. So one of the things that kind of uh, caused Kenny's uh, crisis of confidence, if you will, is that loss to Pac. Mm-hmm. And now he's got that win back. Mm-hmm. I guess last week I didn't watch it, but I guess he won. And so uh, uh, Pac wants the rubber match to reestablish his own dominance. Yeah. And whereas Kenny's going to be like, sure, I'll have another match. And if he wins that, then sky's the limit for Kenny Omega. Yeah, he better. Uh, kicked off with uh, somebody who definitely did not win, Alex Reynolds. They were talking about Moxley as he was making his entrance uh, to fight young Alex Reynolds. I think he's young. Oh, Nate Moore says they defended the tag titles. That was after full gear, wasn't that full gear? And beat Jer- Jericho and saving that's right. That's when uh, Scorpio Sky rolled up Jericho. Oh yeah, sorry, they had one defense. I see you did. So uh, yeah, Alex Reynolds. I like how they used Alex Reynolds later on the show too. That was cool. So uh, Mox, uh, they were uh, playing up the fact that he has the quickest victory in AEW history uh, with like a one minute some odd seconds. No, that Lucha Lucha Soros beat last week. Oh okay 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 yeah. So they were making that a big deal. And then, uh, so he comes in there, and of course, because that's the story they've established, what does he do? Uh, he hits Alex Reynolds immediately. With like with a regal his, knee. Yeah, and then his finisher, and uh, he gets the win. So he has now the record. I think. Back. Although they still said when Luchasaurus came out for his match, a uh, record for quickest win in AEW history at 23 seconds. They just had that Chiron done and ready to go, and they didn't have time to change it. I don't know. Anyways, I mean, it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible that there isn't really a grand plan, and they're just going as by the seat of their pants. Who knows? Weekly TV probably sneaks up on you really quick. It can. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine they have the broad strokes. Yeah, probably out the, details. the details can be kind of difficult. Yeah. Sometimes. Anyways, uh, so Mox tosses Alex Reynolds from the ring. And then uh, Alex, no, sorry, it's John Silver, I think is his tag mm-hmm, team partner. Yeah. He comes in there, drops him with a paradigm shift. Out comes Chris Jericho with Inner Circle. Jericho gets in the ring. Inner Circle surround the ring. And uh, Jericho's like, hey, Mox, just be cool. It's like he's approaching him. He's like a, a wild animal. He's, who, what was the It's like the scene in Dirt. Jurassic World where uh, uh, Chris where Pratt. Pratt's trying to do this with the Velociraptors. <laughs> it's like, who's that dude, Grizzly Man? Yeah. Yeah, except less successfully. Yeah. Yeah, Jericho had much better luck than Grizzly Man did. He did. Um, and that he's like, you know, hey, I've been really impressed with you, Mox, since you showed up here in AEW. Let's go back to when you first broke into, like, the popular consciousness of wrestling, WWE. Um, 
and says, you know, when you showed up there about a decade ago, you came to me and asked me for advice. How to become a star. How, how to, to become a over. star. How to get over. And they said, we eventually beat the hell out of each other. You broke some of my personal property. Yeah. Referring to Mitch, of yeah. course, the potted plant. Yes. Um, and, and said, I made you a main eventer. Mm -hmm. And then when you were kind of cast adrift there, I, Chris Jericho, steered you to All Elite Wrestling. Um, and says, you're maybe more powerful than you've ever been, but you don't really understand how powerful you are. So you need my advice again. My advice essentially is join Inner Circle. Imagine if Mox joined up with us, unbeatable. He extends invitation with the t-shirt. Yeah. That's a very important aspect of in inviting anybody to your faction. Yeah, but the thing is, I kind of we should do one day some research on this. The math on... Does the the I, iconic nature of the T-shirt slash logo does that have a better chance at recruiting somebody than the weak ass inner circle? This is it's not an iconic T-shirt. Have you noticed nobody wears the damn thing? Well, they sold pretty well. I think they probably sold pretty well day one because it was a new thing, yeah. and immediately they said, "Hey, we've got this new shirt." Everybody's excited about AEW. But nobody in the inner circle wears the damn shirt. Yeah, that's the problem. They got to wear their shirts. You've got a beautiful faction with a lot of people, and nobody wears a shirt because it's ugly. I said that from day one. I think it's ugly. It's not iconic. They needed an iconic logo. And then you put it in front of somebody. It's like, man, that looks good. That might sway me to wear it. I might look cool in that. But you look at the inner circle shirt, and I'm like, what does it look like? It doesn't even look like anything. So I don't think he's going to join simply because the shirt's well, I crap. Think, I don't think he's going to join. He would have joined if it was a good-looking no, shirt, Larson. No, he wouldn't have. So uh, Jericho says, you know, hey, but don't rush. Take your time. You know, take the holidays. Think it over. Consult your wife. Consult your mom. I, I met her. He says mom, right? I think that's what it was. He says, I met your, I remember I met your mom. Talked to her. Yes. Um, consult with your family and just let me know. Yeah. And then he just, like, really caught, puts the, the shirt on Mox's shoulder and just cautiously... Leaves the ring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and after that, there's a really cool and brief video package about the XLAX Young Bucks match with tons of PWG footage. Interview with Excalibur. That was awesome. I was kind that of surprised really cool that they ran. They were they were able to run so much PWG stuff. Oh, what are you surprised by the Excalibur? What are you talking about? No, I know, but PWG they're like pretty darn protective of their stuff. Is an Excalibur like part owner of it? I don't know if he's part owner. It's it's Super Dragon. I don't even know if Joey Ryan has a stake in it anymore. I don't know. It's all about personal relationships, man. I know Super Dragon uh, is the booker there still. That's what it's all about. I mean, it's entirely, I, mean, I guess I'm not super surprised, but you don't usually see PWG footage on broadcast television. Or no, you don't. Cable television. So that was a surprising aspect. Yeah. They're very protective of their I'm not sure WWE won a bunch of footage of Adam Cole saying S my D. Probably not. Because <laughs> that was like literally his thing. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah. Boy, that was some funny stuff. I've got to watch. I still have those DVDs. I have to watch them. Oh, yeah. I'm going to watch that Kevin Steen one. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyways, uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. That was a good, was a good video package. Yeah. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience 
and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. After that, we had that tag match, the Butcher and the Blade versus Cody and QT. Marshall. Yeah. Uh, we had during the entrances, we had a little picture in picture MJF promo. Couldn't hear the first like, third of it. <laughs> but, you know, we all assume it was really good. Yeah, he was he was just saying, you know, hey, you know, I I I am the one I'm bankrolling Butcher and the Blade. Mm-hmm. Uh you let them choose your partner. Give me some of that. I got like dry. I got my knuckles are dry. There you go. Thanks. And in effect, uh you allow me to choose your partner. So, uh I'm choosing you a partner essentially who's going to suck. Yeah. So, good luck, champ. Oh wait, you can never be champ. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think he snorted, but I just did that. I can't I'm, I can't touch my notes here. There we go. Got too much lotion on my hands. Um so, anyways, it was uh, actually a fun match. Because, okay, so yeah, it was it was a really fun match. Go ahead. Sorry, what were you gonna say? It was a fun match because they very obviously and entertainingly set it up where Cody could probably beat Butcher and the Blade by himself. That's a major problem, isn't no, it? No, but it was funny because whenever QT Marshall came in, he would just get annihilated. It was yeah, funny. it was funny. Yeah, it was funny, but man. I mean that story that story of of Cody seemingly being overpowered in relation to Butcher and Blade only worked till the last. Only was in effect really until the last third of the match. There was like that near fall when him and when Cody and QT were all like on the same page. Yeah, and then like he didn't get. Uh, I think QT went for the uh, the pin, only got a two, and then I think they dispatched to Cody somehow, and they yeah, just yeah. easily you yeah. know com- yeah. completely. Yeah, I mean, you know, going into this match that Butch and Blade was going to win, and QT Marshall was going to take the pin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they could have. I don't know. I, I just feel like the approach they took with it was actually fairly entertaining. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like, I mean, like eventually, yeah, Cody got some offense in quite a bit and seemed to really not be sweating it too much. But at the end of the day, you know, QT Marshall's not going to cut it. Right. And yeah. you know, at the end, <clears throat> at a certain point, Butcher and the Blade are going to be able to overwhelm Cody, even if he can hold his own for the yeah. first half of the match. So yeah. it didn't bother me. I know. I, I, I didn't look view it as an embarrassing thing for Butcher and the Blade. I thought it was. By the conclusion of the match. I thought, I thought that it, it started to border that and then it didn't and it was fine. <laughs> be really careful about that though yeah i know um and this is another thing that so uh afterwards so butcher and blade got the win um and so the kind of the story and cody illustrated this in his promo a couple weeks back was i don't have any friends anymore yeah nobody's gonna help me out here uh mjf was my best friend he turned on me the young bucks are in a, in a blood feud right now kenny's got his thing going on who knows what's in hangman's head uh, and so he doesn't have any friends. So he's sitting there and he's just like, you know, woe is me. Darby Allen comes out with a head of steam and uh, offers up his hand yeah. to Cody. He got on Twitter later and said, Cody said he doesn't have anybody. I will tag with him. And if we win, I want that shot. I want or, a rematch against him. I want a rematch. Their, their match at Fighter Fest and ended a time limit draw. Yeah. Right, exactly. Maybe it was if I if we win. Maybe it was just if I tag with you. No, it's like so. if we win. If we win, okay. Yeah. All right. And if we win, I want to I want a rematch against you. I think maybe and this is this is this is just a quibble. But if the butcher and the blade, given that they're paid by MJF after the match, then attacked Cody and they were laying into him, and Darby Allen comes in and helps Cody even the odds and maybe helps run them off. 
that might have been a bit more of an urgent situation as opposed to Cody just sitting there. Nobody likes Well, he me. was doing over his loss. And then Darby Allen comes in. I don't know. I thought it would be more effective if he well, was Well, I kind of felt like it was a situation where maybe the, like, it wasn't like a t- like as soon as I felt like as soon as that bell rang and Cody was out of the ring, Darby Allen came sprinting mm, down. Yeah. So maybe that was in the plans for Butcher and the Blade. They're like, oh, here, Cody's isolated. QT Marshall, he's not going to do anything. Let's lay into Cody. Anything. Yeah. And then Darby Allen comes running down. Yeah, that could have been. That could have been. So I felt like it happened, bang. It was pretty quick. Yeah. It wasn't like uh, Cody was leaning against the barricade stewing for a good two minutes before Darby Allen came down. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we had uh, MJF, and uh, he comes down there with his heater. With Wardlow, yeah, uh, his big guy, and uh, he first the first order of business is he calls in uh, the cable like a, guy, yeah, the cable guy, the grip, yeah, uh, and uh, he says, "Get in here." Last week during Cody's promo, uh, you laughed when he talked crap about my crossroads. Yeah, uh, it's not really funny now, is it? I want you to kiss the ring as your apology, and so the guy, without much hesitation at all. Kisses the ring, doesn't matter. He still gets hit with crossroads. And then MJF's like, hey, that looks pretty good. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then he continues to deliver a promo saying he wants Cody to suffer. Uh, he talks uh, about Cody calling him a knockoff NWO Chris Jericho and says, you want to call me fake? You're fake. The only thing real about you is your lisp. Ouch. You don't care. I mean, he says it looks like you're a cat pissed in your hair. Yeah. Um, you don't really care about the fans. It was crossing, crossing a lot of lines. A lot there, of lines. Man. And he dares Cody to fire him, but says he won't because Cody wants to get his hands on MJF and beat him up. Yeah. MJF says, sure. You want to match with me? You're on. But I've got some stipulations. I'm not going to say what they are now. I'll let you know in Jacksonville, which is January 1st. Yeah. He was running down that crowd pretty hard. You know, Garland, Texas. Called them a bunch of rednecks and hicks and whatnot. Kind of rude, to be honest with you. Well, that's his job. He's a heel to be rude. Well, just saying, you know. Anyways, after that, we had another dark. I thought this was awesome. Package. You had Alex Reynolds in his hotel room mm-hmm. watching TV, mm-hmm. and the Dark Order commercial comes on, and it kind of goes back and forth between being like an earnest, uh, like uh, infomercial, and then the the guy, the host, talking directly. Alex Reynolds like, "Aren't you tired of jobbing? <laughs> Aren't you tired of losing matches?" <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty good. That was pretty good. And then John Silver walks in, and is like, "Did you say something?" Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I liked it too. I, that is one thing that is <clears throat> that is very refreshing about AEW, and it's one of the bigger uh, contrasts between that and uh, and what we see on WWE's main roster product is, for example, when MJF comes down and he berates the cable guy, the grip, for laughing at him the previous week. I actually remember that guy doing that. Mm -hmm. And so I like that they will take, you know, it's a continuous story. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I like about it. Something happens one week. There's a (laughs) cause and effect thing. So next week, the logical thing plays out. Yeah, There are consequences to what happens. And it's just jarring (laughs) Because on main roster, you'll get NWO Eric Rowe in one week, and then he disappears the next week. Yeah. <laughs> so it is, it, it's it's one of those things that they will do on a regular basis that it's like, oh, you know, you sort of took, you know, you, 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 like, you take for granted that, man, these guys are, these guys are actually telling a continuous story I know. week to week. It's pretty cool. I like that. It's stuff. a bummer that they didn't introduce a dark order like this as opposed to have them show up. Yeah, I agree. But let me ask you this. If they had done it backwards, if they had done it like this was their introduction, well, I guess not because we see them in, in these vignettes sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like regardless of this stuff, they're cheesy. 
right? But now, kind of. at least now, it's like, okay, so we got the cheesiness. It wasn't getting over. They're doing these vignettes. I already have, like, it's like, okay, cool. Now they're course correcting. I don't know. I kind of feel like this was. But imagine if they'd run these vignettes before they made their debut um, cold, which is what happened. Yeah. Um, and you're like, oh, this is, because these are interesting little vignette, vignettes. They're yeah, pretty they cool. Yeah, they are. They are. They're well done. And so when they show up, you know what they're about. Yeah. You know the the darker underpinnings of what the Dark Order thing is. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And it would have more resonance than them just showing up. Oh, who are these guys being up best friends? How great is it, though? How great is it that, like, they obviously weren't getting, and I don't know if this was always the plan to introduce them cold and then do vignettes and you have sort of like a readjustment. I don't know if that was always the plan, but I do like that they're not, they didn't like, you know, they, they, they weren't getting a reaction. And so they're just like, okay, well, let's ditch this or let's forget about them for a while. It's, or let's. What's well, a creative it. way to kind of repackage or, or, yeah, or focus what they're really about? They think that, that the they audience. have a good idea here. Mm-hmm. Just the, the general premise of the Dark Order is a good idea. It's not working. Let's give them some story then. Yeah. Know. You know, and let's, let's give these people a reason to care about the thing that we see in them. And I like that. That's good. Anyways, after that, we had Big Swole again, another uh, AEW signee. Yeah. There's some cool backstage video of uh, Kenny Omega uh, asking her to sign like a deal or something like that. It was he was very he was like, I hope that you will come to terms with us because I see all the potential in the world for you. It was it was funny. He said he said, you know, hopefully you'll agree to the terms. He said something about the terms. And I was like, this all seems very impromptu. <laughs> That's pretty funny. He's wearing a bright green shirt. <laughs> uh, early on, uh, Emmy Sakura, uh, Big Swole's opponent, starts like tossing her around the ring by her hair, mm-hmm. and uh, Big Swole gets in her face and, and says, "If you touch my hair one more time, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you." So Emmy grabs her by the hair, and then Big Swole just drops her, with, like hits her with the backhand right to the nose. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was good. And then Emmy hits her with the drop toe hold, puts her in the surfboard, starts kind of kind of rotating around the ring a little bit. Uh, she hits her corner fun splash, follow the backbreaker, and then she goes and gets the mic stand, starts doing the Freddie Mercury thing. Uh, Rick Knox tries to take it from her, and then instead uh, uh, she puts Big Swollen abdominal stretch uh, with the mic stand, and then Rick Knox eventually does take it from Emmy, and then Big Swole gets the mic stand. And she starts dancing a little bit and follows up with the spear. It's mm-hmm. a good-looking spear, too. Yeah, Swole goes for the kind of like the slingshot spear like Gargano does through the ropes. Emmy catches her, hits her the knee to the back of the neck. Yeah. Ow. Ouch. ouch. Follows the Vader bomb. That gets a two. And then Emmy goes up for a moonsault, misses it. You get a flurry of strikes from Big Swole. Uh, Emmy responds with some of her own. Um, but then she eats a huge boot from from uh, Big Swole. That gets her a two count. In the end, though, uh, Big Swole gets the win after a ripcord form. Yeah. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, after and then next week, I don't know if you mentioned this. Oh, and uh, Hikaru Shida was sitting ringside the whole match. Yeah. So, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought that match between her and Britt Baker was for the number one contender spot like two weeks ago. It kind of was because she does. I think she's top ranked. Yeah, the woman's side. Top thing, but then she lost to Statlander last and week. And now they're doing a number one contender match with Britt Baker and Statlander. Next week, hmm. maybe that was maybe uh, Hikaru dropped in the rankings. I'm hoping that Sheeta's going to get in that because as a triple threat, because otherwise it doesn't. Well, not, like the tag match, the main event, they were saying the whole time, well, you know, uh, LAX, LAX are the number one contenders for the tag titles, but then the winner of this match gets the, t- the title shot next week. 
Yeah, didn't XLX win a, a contender match? No, they're no? just number one in the rankings. Oh, okay. They, they hadn't lost yet. Yeah. Well, I guess they did the private party. They lost once. Yeah. Let me ask you this really quick mm. about the because uh, I'm 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 generally speaking a big fan of the records, right? I like that. I think it's yeah. good. Uh, and I know there's been a lot of like people whining on Twitter about uh, Jungle Boy fighting Chris Jericho, and I don't care about that. I'm it's not fine a title match. Anyways. It's not a title match. It's fine. But here's the problem with it, though. If Jungle Boy were to beat Chris Jericho, his record would improve to a whopping like one in seven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But he pins the champion. Yeah, I know. How do you then, and this is a hypothetical because it's not going to happen, but in, in their system, how would you then figure that one out? Does he get a title shot? But he's one in seven. Why would he get no, a title I guess based shot? Based on, unless they wait wins over champions more so than average, normal wins. The, yeah, we'd need some there's, sort of there's, algorithm. There's the, <laughs> the, the strength of schedule thing, like with the college football playoff. Yeah, you know? okay, yeah. The RPI yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's maybe that's like our fantasy thing, where a, a special win, win over a champ, that's 15 points. There, yeah, that's worth 15. <laughs> 15 regular, a couple wins. more wins. I yeah, know. there you go. I don't know. After that, we had a pack interview. Ooh. Yeah, he said he came to AEW for opportunity. He's dealt with nothing but with injustice since he showed injustice. up. He wants another match against Kenny, a rubber match. Yeah, I'm down for that. Heck yeah, man. Is that happening next week? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think Kenny's formally agreed to any match. Maybe it'll be at Bash of the Beach. There you go. Uh, after that, we had uh, Kip Sabian and Sean Spears versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. This match was fine. It was fun and all until Joey Janela showed up as Snidely Whiplash. <laughs> he didn't like that? That was so damn corny. Yeah, man. That was ridiculous. Uh, and Tully, like, doing this when he's not obviously tied up in anything. Yeah. Like, that rope around his shoulders was so loose. As soon as he stood up, <laughs> well, he was able to get dude, it all Well, dude, they had all of, like, what, 15 seconds of, of darkness to like, honestly, they, that's the only thing that was going through my head because it was so cheesy. I don't care though; I like cheesy. Um, but it was so che- when the lights came up and they're like, "Oh my God, look! It's Janella and Tully, and he's strapped to a chair." All of a sudden, I was thinking to myself, "How do they do that so quick?" Yeah. <laughs> like the lights went down. Did he like run out there with a chair? Okay, sit down. Here's some ropes. And just kind of slide over are, your head. Are, yeah, that are all. <laughs> No, that's probably what I did. It, yeah. just, it didn't look convincing. <laughs> if I want to be in like the tape over the mouth, it was just so cheesy. <laughs> if you want me to believe that Joey really did that, then make it convincing. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I, I don't care. Why don't why, every Why don't we just get matches with him, Darby, and Jimmy Havoc every week? I would love that. It's just blood everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. I would love that. I don't want this cheesy villain stuff, but I did. I, I liked that. That was silly. I don't know. Sometimes I just like cheesy stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, oh, yeah. hold on before you continue, continue. Ricardo Lopez Ortiz says, "Well, Jungle Boy would be one and zero in singles matches if he beat Jericho. I think all of his losses have been in tag matches. He hasn't had any singles matches. I don't think so. Okay. Well, there you, there go. you go. I thought his. I thought his. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else whose like singles record is just garbage. Hold on a second. I'm gonna look this. There up. is somebody. If Wait, you go to their website, they'll, they'll have. And I thought it was all like because like Jurassic Express like. I mean, now they've racked up a couple wins. Luchasaurus here is at 500, I think. Total. Uh, let's see here. Roster. Yeah, if you go to roster, I'll have the records. Uh, this is a fun match. Tully did a, a, a promo beforehand talking about how uh, uh, he, uh, well, Brandon Cutler doesn't have a very good singles record, um, <laughs> about the, the algorithm for, great, for tag team greatness and how he hopes 
that uh, uh, Kip and Sean Spears can uh, find that algorithm. Oh, man. Darby Allen's got a decent record. He's 4-3-1 yeah. in singles, actually. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go. Um, and so early on, Page sends Spears from the ring. Kenny's in. Uh, and he and Hangman Page just start chopping the hell out of Kip. It was pretty mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Joey has a terrible record. Yeah. All right. Go Jungle Boy. He's right there. He's only 0-1 in singles competition. Okay. I must he's have seen 0. this 0-8 overall. Trios yeah. 0-2. Tag team 0-5. Yeah, he hasn't had a whole lot of success. So he'd be 1-1 he'd because be right now he's 0-1. Yeah. yeah. All right. There you go. Fair enough. Um, Point still stands. During the picture-in-picture commercial break, uh, heels are in control. We come back. Page gets a tag to Kenny. He hits a few double sludges on uh, Kip and Spears and hits a double Kitaro crusher. That was pretty neat. He goes for a tope. Penelope Ford hops up on the apron. Sean Spears runs up behind Kenny, drops him with the... Oh, it's Peter Avalon. He's a terrible record. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Avalon is 0-5. Oh, and, oh, and, oh and 5 in single singles competition. competition. <laughs> uh, Sean Spears drops him with a, real, a great-looking backstabber. Uh, Kip follows with a springboard dropkick, only gets him a 2. Um, and then Penelope drops Paige with a, a Hurricane Rana ringside. That was rad. That was awesome. That was awesome. And then Kip hits a tornado DT on Kenny, gets him a two. And then Spears is distracting the ref, so Penelope Ford gets in the ring and does that, like that handspring back elbow thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. Which is amazing. That was really cool. And on Kenny, uh, Kip follows with a perfect plex, still just a two, and that's when the lights come down. Lights come back up. Tully's tied up at the top of the stage, and Joey's behind him. Uh, yeah, up see, smile. I got he's, you he's now. The mustache to do yeah. that too, you know. Uh, Spears runs up the ramp to free Tully. Uh, he and Joey brawl backstage, back in the ring. Kip's like, "Oh, what? I have no partner now." Yeah. So Kenny hits V trigger, and then Page tags himself in, hits a uh, buckshot lariat to get the win. Kenny's reaction was pretty faint. First, he's all. Yeah. Well, all right. Wins a win. Well, wins a win. And Hangman's just completely ignoring him. Oh, man. Him. He's just mean. Dude, yeah. He's Passive intense. aggressive. Intensity. Passive aggressive. After that, uh, Brandy's in her hotel room um, doing a promo. And it was actually pretty good. She's just talking trash about the women's division. This is, a, this is really well lit to be in a hotel. This felt, I felt like this is at their house. Well, maybe it could have been. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, this is really well done. It was I really this well was done. Cool. Yeah. And she's talking trash about pretty much uh, everybody in the women's division. Um, says, "I still want my alien, Chris Statlander." Yeah. And then uh, what's her name? Melanie Cruz. She's yeah. there. Yeah. And then she's about to tease. There's about to be a reveal of a Hold new on member. A second, though, you're leaving out the most important part. She. What did she say about Britt Baker and Adam Cole? Yeah. Shoot, Ouch. She, she called her a groupie. That's right. Ooh. She called her a glorified groupie. Wow. Ouch. Wow. That's rough. Yeah. That is rough. She said, if I had like a dollar for every time. His name was mentioned or something like that. <laughs> something like that. That yeah. she'd have a lot of money. Yeah, that's pretty rough. And she brought up Cody too. Oh, yeah. Well, she said that it's different with me and Cody because we've been married for seven years. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So who is that guy? Who is the question mark there? I don't know. Is that Josephus also? Maybe. I'd love to see Josephus in AEW. Yeah, there's a dude sitting there with no hair, and he's about to turn towards Cameron, and Granny says, no, not yet. Let's see if chat knows. Has anybody? I have not seen any stipulation. Yeah, T. Jackson mentions the Sammy, Sammy's record is terrible, too. He's 0-3 in singles competition. He's, he's better than 500 in a tag team competition, though. Whoa. Sean Spears is 4-3? and three? Yeah, man. Wow, good for him. Chairman indeed. Sunny Kisses had matches? Yeah. <laughs> I have not noticed they, that. I at think all. they've all been on uh, Exclusively dark. Exclusively on dark. Yeah. Wardlow. Wardlow, nothing. Donuts. 
So that's cool. She said, and she said the family is almost complete. Oh, she said, is Riho so small that she's shrinking every week? And that's yeah. why we never see her. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, I have no idea who that dude was. Uh, the, <laughs> the bald guy is Simon Miller. This guy looked portlier, right? Yeah, he looked yeah, portly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who the guy is. Is it Arn? Is it no, double A, Arn Anderson? No. Is he part of the Nightmare Collective? I'd be very shocked. Uh, Palmy says, I thought it was Dustin for a moment. Well, Dustin was on the episode. Yeah. I mean, not to say he couldn't be in this vignette also. No, this this dude seemed thicker than Dustin, though. Trey says, it's going to be Simon Miller or William Patrick Corgan. Yeah, could be the leader of the NWA. <laughs> uh, uh, Stevie Bradley says it was him. It was it was Stevie Bradley all mm-hmm. along. Yeah. Uh, next match. Dustin would make sense. Yeah, it would. Uh, Sammy Guevara taking Ooh, on Killer Cross. That'd be too good. I don't that would know. be I think cool. He, I think he's an impact uh, yeah, he's, impact he, player for the next five years. He's got a contract situation to work out first. Uh, next, Sammy Guevara taking on Luchasaurus. This is a fun match. Uh, Jericho and and Jake Hager shut up on commentary. Thankfully, Jake Hager didn't open his mouth though. Yeah, that was nice of him. You know, because apparently when he does on Twitter, anyways, he comes off like a jackass. Yeah, man. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, so early on, this was a, a speed versus strength type thing. Sammy's trying to use his quickness. Uh, he goes to the top rope. Luchasaurus kicks him off, and Sammy takes kind of a, a nasty-looking fall down to the floor. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Luchasaurus um, starts destroying Sammy ringside. <clears throat> Sammy makes a comeback during the commercial. He kicks Luchasaurus off the apron, follows with a corkscrew tope, which he completely overshot. Mm-hmm, yeah. But it's, yeah. it's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, no, it still looked great. And follows with a shooting star press off the apron. Then he gets Jericho's his... commentary was great. Oh, yeah, he was really too. good. He's uh, JR. Because he, he, they shoo away Excalibur because Jericho's upset with Excalibur because he mentioned, again, last week, carrying over, he mentioned uh, that Jericho... When he met, when he brought out the lexicon of the champion, yeah, yeah, that Jericho didn't know what lexicon meant. Yeah, yeah. I do know what it means, and he gave like the proper definition, it's like a list of, it, of a Greek of, from a Greek antiquity yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. Um, so Sammy gets his phone and starts vlogging and starts punching Luchasaurus with his phone. Um, uh, Luchasaurus catches the the last punch, follows a couple knees, wheelbarrow suplex, gets two, goes for a choke slam. Sammy escapes that, hits a couple kicks. Luchasaurus hits the super kick. Sammy responds with a DDT. Uh, Sammy goes for a moonsault off the top. Lucha evades that. Goes for a standing moonsault. Lucha evades that. Um, then goes for a standing shooting star press. And Luchasaurus catches him by the throat. Hits a bunch of kicks. And then Luchasaurus ends up winning with a face buster. Inner Circle come to the ring. They attack Luchasaurus. Jungle Boy is in to make the save. He and Jericho end up brawling. And then J- uh, Jungle Boy hits a Rana into a roll-up. And Marco Stunt comes in and counts the pinfall. Just to prove the point. The Jungle Boy could beat Chris Jericho. Yes, that is the only time he will ever get so the, 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 the There's two possible scenarios because the this match next week has a 10-minute t- time limit because the whole point is Jericho says Can he, he can't go stand. Yeah. It, he can't hang with me in the ring for 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's going to be a situation where it's 9 minutes, 59 seconds, and Jungle Boy has to tap mm-hmm. or gets hit with a Judas effect at mm-hmm. 10 50, or 9.55. Yeah. Or is Jungle Boy going to go the full 10 minutes? So let me ask you this: Yeah, if they hit ten minutes, does the match this end? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, ten minute time limit. Well, I feel like Jungle Boy. It's too early for him to get any sort of win at all on Jericho beyond what we just saw this week. So nine fifty five Judas Effect pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be or tapping right at nine at nine fifty nine. Well, I, so 
I get the maybe maybe Jericho will have to cheat a little bit to get that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea of this is to make Jungle Boy look as yeah, good as possible right, right. With, while Jericho getting the win. But yeah. if he if he makes it ten minutes, does it reflect on his record? It would be considered a draw at that point because a ten minute time ten limit. minute draw. So yeah, it's a moral right. victory, yeah. but it, it would be a draw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get the feeling that Jericho is going to do something shady to get it under ten minutes, mm-hmm. but just barely. But just barely, yeah. And it's going to be like a desperation thing. Yeah. Uh, announced next week, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega taking on Lucha Bros. That'll be great. Mm-hmm. And then our main event, uh, Young Bucks versus XLAX. I noticed uh, they made a point of saying that this match was sanctioned. So street fights, sanctioned. Lights out matches, unsanctioned. Correct. That's how it goes in AEW. Um, before... What's really a difference, though? Because street fight, anything goes. Lights out match, anything goes. Maybe that is the difference. One is sanctioned and one is not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think this one's the sanction because they because this one they well, wanted to What's the count. general difference between a street fight and a death match? Because that lights out match. That no, was it was a, that was a death. It match. was a death match. But I mean, like the the stipulation for a street fight is there's no disqualification. So if you take that to the, the logical extreme, you could do whatever you want. You can get a cinder block and hit your opponent with it, headed with it in the street fight. Yeah, and that would also apply to a death match. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because like a maybe young a street fight is like a gentleman's agreement. We're not gonna take it too far. Uh, maybe I don't know. But I would think a street fight too. Like if someone produced a knife, that'd be well in line with what a street fight is. It's kind of like, well, okay, let me ask this: Is the most brutal street match in history more brutal than the least brutal death match in history? I don't know, but I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm just trying to Could find the, the best line. college team in basketball beat the worst professional team in basketball. No, no, not a chance. I'm trying to find the line where, where, because like if if during the street fight last night, Matt Jackson got out of the ring and produced a bag of broken glass and put it in the ring, he wouldn't be breaking any rules. Right. Yeah. I'm just trying to find the line. What's the difference other than this is a match they want to sanction? I think it's you know I think it's the wrestlers have a uh, an no, unwritten code of conduct. Well, I think I think it had to be a situation where. Uh, both teams would have to make their case to Tony Khan and Tony Khan would have to agree and say, okay, street fight, but you know, you can't go outside the norms of what the traditional wrestling uh, weapons are Mm -hmm, Yeah, because there was chairs, there was uh, tables, there was a ladder out there. Uh, Was there a kendo stick? I don't remember, but you could do those things, but not beyond that. Let me ask something about this match. What is perhaps the crowd's lack of reaction to the finish? Because there were way too many table spots. There were a lot of table spots. And sometimes it was literally just a guy throwing himself into a table yeah. to break a table. That happened with one of the XLAX guys. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this is a good point. Johnny Zuko here in chat says, the difference between a street fight and a death match is death. Well, I haven't actually seen anybody die in a death I've match. I've never actually seen death in a death match. So that's kind of a, it's kind of a misnomer. And really, you know, take a bad bump in a street fight, and it's just as likely to cause death as, you know, something in a, a, a death match. If yeah, you want. yeah. I'm just trying to find the difference. Um, yeah, I think I think it's one of those ridiculous wrestling things. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, uh, what are you looking up? Uh, the question oh. du jour. Difference between a street fight and a death yeah. match. Oh, wow. What is this? Taipei death match. Uh, anyway, so uh, 
Young Bucks make their entrance first, and right as their uh, their money cannon shoots off. God, in a Taipei deathmatch, the wrestlers' fists are taped and dipped into glue and in broken and crushed glass. Oh, that's like in Kickboxer. That's awesome. The movie, and that's what the final match of oh, Kickboxer wow. is. Well, I gotta they watch do that, that, evidently. Um, so right as the Young Bucks make their entrance, their their money cannons go off. Out come XLAX and Sammy Guevara. They attack the Young Bucks. Brandon Cutler is out there and try to do something about that bad move on you yeah he gets powerbombed through the stage yeah matt jackson's tossed off tossed off the ramp into security uh while sammy's going after nick with the sock with some baseballs in it mm-hmm. and then sammy and ortiz set up a table put nick on it santana starts to climb to the top of the tunnel matt comes to tosses him off the stage a bunch of super kicks uh young bucks hit a Meltzer driver on sammy on the stage no yeah. more sammy after that yeah rough night for sammy guevara yeah it was it was and then uh, Ortiz is super kicked on the table. Nick then goes on the top of the tunnel, hits the somersault, sent on through it. Matt covers up. Two count, though. It's a hell of a way to start the match, though, I'll tell yeah. you what. Yeah, it was terrific. Um, action goes down towards the ring. We see that Scorpio Sky and Kazarian are sitting ringside. Uh, first young Bucks scorer seem to greet him kindly. Mm-hmm. Manners. Want some popcorn? Some politeness. Yeah. Santana's over there and starts talking trash. Yeah. That allows Matt to come, too. He clobbers him. Um, Ortiz th- throws Santana the sock. The catch wasn't clean, but nonetheless, they, uh, they, they did a good job of, uh, of, 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 of giving Santana an opportunity to get that sock. Yeah. He takes the Young Bucks. And then Matt goes and gets a cowboy helmet from somewhere that there was, in the Dallas area. I loved that like uh, Ortiz tested it out. Yeah, because <laughs> he he whacks him with it, or I forget who. Yeah, it was a sock, yeah. Yeah, he, he whacks him with it. And he of course, he no-sells it because it's a helmet. Yeah. And, and then that was good. Matt hits the double spear, and then Santana gets the helmet. Hits Matt with it, spits on it. Ooh, good heel work there. Tosses it out. Um, he eats a couple of Northern Lights suplexes from Matt, and then gets backdropped out of the ring through a table. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then uh, Ortiz tosses Matt out of the ring through a table. He falls with a suicide dive on Nick. They both go through the table. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. That was all bang, bang, bang. Um, through the commercial break, XLAX with the advantage. Um, though Nick eventually. He gets uh, the upper hand, hits a 450 onto a trash can, onto Ortiz. Hager comes out. He pulls the ring out. And then uh, Nick goes for the apron kick. Instead of kicking Hager, though, he (gasps) kicks Rick Knox. Oh, man. Wow. Uh, Dustin comes down. He and Hager fight backstage. So the Bucks hit more bang for your buck. Knox is still out. Aubrey Edwards comes down the ring. She makes the, the, the count. Ortiz kicks out at two. The Bucks are setting up for a Meltzer driver. Uh, Santana kicks Nick. That's when he throws himself through the table. I think that's the one. Yeah. Where he just kind of throws himself through a table. Uh, and then XLX hit their finish on Matt on a trash can. Nick pulls Aubrey Edwards out of the ring during the, the pin. Um, XLX sits some chairs upright facing each other. Um, they're about to go for their finish again. Instead, Matt pushes Santana off the top rope through a table. Is that the one you're talking about? Maybe. I think it was one the previous one. Yeah. And then Nick follows with the bulldog. That on. last one, that last one though, it was like, yeah, the crowd stopped reacting to the table stuff because then there was like, just, it felt like there, there was, was a lot. bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, Nick follows with a bulldog on Ortiz on the chairs, and the young bucks held some Meltzer driver on a pile of chairs on Ortiz for the win. Uh, after the match, SCU comes in the ring, poses with their titles in the young bucks' face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that should be a heck of a match next week. Heck yeah, man! I kind of expect the young bucks to pick up those titles. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, me neither. Anyways, let's answer some questions here. Uh, let's see here. Do I even have? Where's the Discord? Come here, Discord. Oh, there oh gosh, that's there's the Discord. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Vicky Guerrero did guest commentary on Dark last oh, night. Really? She got a 
monster reaction. Really? I didn't know that. According to Mikey Omega was in attendance last night. That's cool. He was giving me some updates. Um, And then I saw it on Twitter somewhere also. That's awesome. So that's really neat. Um, Let's see here. Oh, Jimmy Thomas is the bald guy. Could be Cody's uncle, the (laughs) Shockmaster. That'd be rad. That'd be great. Uh, Moving over here to the Patreon. Um, here all super uh, chats. We got, well, sorry, Tom yeah. talks rubbish. Happy holidays, friendos. All the best for 2020. Thank, Thank you, Tom. Wolfpack for life says, is AEW giving away too many big feuds early on? I think they need to go big, go they early. Do, they do, they I do. Think, yeah, they have to do that. Got to get those numbers. Yep. Uh, James Rodriguez, when it comes to factions, how many members is too many? NWO. I think once you're past five or six, that's too many. Well, no, I think here's the thing. Uh, it kind of depends on where you are. If you're in New Japan, for example, you can as here's the general rule: one member for each division, or one act for each division. Okay, so over there in Bullet Club, you had the Young Bucks, who were the junior tag guys. Yeah, uh, Gallows and Anderson, and then later on, well, I guess around the same time, you had uh, the Girls of Destiny, or yeah. at least Tomata. When did that's interesting? So Tomatonga was with Bullet Club from the get go. Yeah, was it when? So I think Gallows and Anderson left that Tonga Loa. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it was before that because he had like two competing tag teams. Because I think he, I think he left it. Then NXT and went straight to New Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, you have like your juniors. You got your heavyweight tag. You got your leader who should be in the main title scene. Uh, although these days, given that with rosters so bloated. You can have above title scenes. You can have a title guy and an above title guy. Uh, then you have your mid card guy. You know, you can have a women's division. Uh, I, I, person. I think I think the the more important thing than pure numbers, I should say, is because I think you got to have. If you get past five or six, and it's an NWO situation where you're scratching your head and wondering why this guy's in in this it faction, it needs to make sense. It needs to make sense. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because you're right, New Japan, they do factions pretty well, and, and they're way larger than we're typically used to in yeah. the States, apart from the NWO they have like situation. They families over like chaos, yeah. like, geez. Yeah. What is the point of that? Uh, let's see here. Timothy Lemieux, would either of you kiss MJF's ring? Yeah, it's a beautiful ring. Mm-mm. If it's in like a humiliation situation in front of a bunch of people, probably not. On the other hand, I got Wardlow next to me. So I don't know. Maybe I would. I don't know how many people have kissed that ring. On the other hand, Wardlow is, is is right now. He's got a zero zero record. So I'm not sure I'd be too intimidated by him. Oh, he gets his first win on you. It's a beautiful ring, though. Yeah, it looks good. I'm not gonna kiss it though. Really? No. Why not? I don't know how many people have kissed that. Well, one person at least, and two people. MJF has kissed it himself. Mm-mm. Okay, fair enough. I might. Looks great. I'd say, wow, that's a great ring, MJF. May I kiss? I can't it? wait to put my mouth on it. If it's if it's at my behest, yes. If it's at his behest, no. It's a power thing. Anyways, uh, let's see here. Drop kicks. I watch both AEW and NXT at the same time with a friend over. That's imp- I, How do you do That's that? That's like sensory overload. It's <laughs> too many things. You're entertaining a guy. And at the same time, you got two wrestling things on. It's a lot. He says his reaction to the fact that both main events are insane was one of the greatest moments of these past 10 or 11 weeks. We went to AEW Pittsburgh together, and his excitement for both shows sums it up. It's one of those, OMG, this is so great. I can't comprehend what I'm watching all at once. It was awesome. That was not a question. It's a good story, though. 
It's a good. It's a pretty impressive feat to manage to watch both shows simultaneously. Yeah, I couldn't do drop that. that is Imagine trying impressive. to do that and trying to take notes while doing all that. <laughs> That's very Nigh impossible. I'm going to come over. You're going to have to entertain me while you're taking notes, watching both shows. You got to take notes on both shows. <laughs> it's brain overload. Larson, Larson, Larson. Where do you keep your spoons? <laughs> Adrian C., who will be the first person to join the Dark Order in terms of wrestlers? Brandon Cutler shit. Yes. Oh, it says being the elite teased Cutler and Nakazawa. <laughs> there you go. See, we don't have to watch being the elite. Well, totally. Alex Reynolds also. Yeah, they should be Brandon Cutler because uh, he's he's tight with the Young Bucks. Yeah, that's a big deal. That'd be a big deal. Um, uh, big Butter Jesus says, what if Tully isn't recruiting for Sean but replacing him with Hangman Page? I could totally get behind Tully Blanchard and Hangman Page. No, man, I think so far it's been working for Sean Spears. Mm-hmm. He's got that he has a winning record. record. He's got a winning record. Uh, Thomas Dunnigan, what other types of weird cult stables should AEW have? None. They have, they have too many. They've got well, they have none. Dark Order and then the Nar- Nightmare Collective. And then, I mean, the Butcher and the Blade, they kind of have a cult yeah, feel to them. I think they're just kind of old-timey. Although that wasn't quite the case as much last night. I didn't get the, the, the old-timey vibe as much. Uh, W.S. Fletcher, so to piggyback on the faction question, who should be, who should, would you expect joining Seth and AOP, Joe, Drew, someone else? Secondly, never go full Hager. Amen to that. Um, no, I think they should just remain a trio because it harkens back to Seth's shield days. Yeah. Because that's where I, I think the, the more interesting story potentially is like, is, is Seth, he's kind of cast adrift. He's kind of lost. He wants to go back to something familiar, being a heel with a couple of other dudes. So you don't have to overtly mention Shield, but him in a trio, leading a trio again, especially guys who used to wear kind of tactical gear. I'd take, yeah, but I'd take a, I agree with you, but I would take a, uh, I'd take a potential mid-card guy, like a Cedric Alexander. Cedric would be really cool. I think that'd be neat. He's, you know, I see a lot of me and you. You're a terrific wrestler, but you need to get your act together because you're on main event doing jobs for Mojo Raleigh. Mm-hmm. So join us. And I would stop looking at my business well, no, over that's, 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 Yeah, Fightful's YouTube account got, some got BS, killed. Man. Some BS. That's Apparently from some it. BS copyright strike, too. Yeah, that's a lot of BS. That's horrible. That's the only reason I was looking at that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in your business. You're always in my business. Man. Never in your business, man. Brother. What you looking at now? Brother. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, a lot of good questions here. I want to say thanks, everybody. Uh, yes. In about two hours or so, roughly, we're going to go live with our NXT review. Yep. Oh, boy. Fun episode of NXT. Um, boy, that apron bomb. Ow. From Fandango to Ow. one of sings. Jeez. Yeah. That was like his, rough. The back of his head hit the corner of the, of the apron. rough. That was rough. Anyways, thanks so much. They, they should just book uh, Fandango as a destroyer now. Right? They did he last night. Man, yeah. he just destroyed everybody. You could tell. It's funny, too, because right after that, you could tell that he was a bit apprehensive to do anything because he was like, oh, God. Pretty sure I just killed the guy. Man, he had a lot of stink even on that leg drop, though. Dude. I know. I know. Anyways. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, 
Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.